you have to be willing to constantly evolve and work on things. And maybe there's a whole new system that comes into play or a new supply chain or a new packaging or, you know, I mean, I, I think there it's always a work in progress. Welcome to Honest Ecommerce, a podcast dedicated to cutting through the BS and finding actionable advice for online store owners. I'm your host, Chase Clymer, and I believe running a direct-to-consumer brand does not have to be complicated or a guessing game. On this podcast, we interview founders and experts who are putting in the work and creating real results. I also share my own insights from running our top Shopify consultancy, Electric Eye. We cut the fluff in favor of facts to help you grow your e-commerce business. Let's get on with the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Honest E-commerce. I am your host, Chase Clymer. And today, I'm welcoming back to the show for myself. But you guys haven't heard the original episode that we uh, decided to redo. Lindsay McCoy, welcome. How are you doing today? Hey, Chase. I'm good. Thanks for having me again. Absolutely. So Lindsay is joining me from uh, you know, my favorite state. She is also in Ohio. Uh, they're based out of Cincinnati, Ohio. And Plain Products is on a mission to get rid of single-use plastics. So uh, for people that are kind of unaware of the product offering, do you want to kind of give them a quick crash course in like, what Plain Products is bringing to market and the types of products that you sell? Yeah, definitely. So we do personal care products, which is a fancy word for shampoo, conditioner, body wash, face wash, lotion, hand wash, and aluminum containers. So you order your product, it shows up with a pump. And then when you're running low, you order a refill or you can subscribe and we'll send it automatically. And so we send that bottle along with a return label. So when you're when you're out on your first, switch the pump over and then you return the empty bottle to us for free. And we wash, sterilize, refill and reuse the bottles. So nothing has to go to the landfill or, or end up in the ocean. And, you know, plastic is an amazing material, but it, it sticks around forever. So we are we are piling it up on the planet, which is not a great thing for any of us. Absolutely. So if uh you know, if I subscribe, is it a subscription-esque service only or can I do a one-off thing? How's it work? You can do it a la carte. You can subscribe. You know, we, we tried to make it as easy and convenient as possible. And so everybody's kind of got a different way of doing things. I like to subscribe and then never worry about it again, never have to go back and just have it show up. Uh, my sister, who is my co-founder, loves to have a little bit more flexibility, try a different sense, you know, switch things up. So at, at any point, you can always email us and, and we can switch the time frame, we can switch the scent, we can switch the products, you know, we try to make it as easy and convenient as possible. That's awesome. That's awesome. And then now I say I, I, I try the product and um, do I have to send do I have to pay to send the, uh, the you know, the, the bottle back to you? How's that work? No, no. So again, you know, we wanted to lower all the barriers. This is really a way, you know, in a perfect world, once upon a time, we all made all of our stuff at home and there was no waste. And then, you know, we, we went through a time when, when people bought stuff without plastic, amazingly enough. In the 40s and 50s, I mean, plastic's only been around for, for 50 or 60 years. Um, so we wanted to make it super convenient. So you, you get your product and then when you're running low, we ship that refill right to you. So there's no downtime, you know, nothing like that. And then with the refill bottle comes a return label. So you just stick it in the mailbox with the return label and it, it comes right back to us for free. You guys, obviously, you have an awesome idea here. And I think a lot of the listeners, um, 
you know, they're at kind of the stage in their business where they're kind of like ideating on things. So I always like to ask, like, where did this idea come from? Uh, you know, was there like an aha moment or was it kind of just like a gradual evolution of like, uh, you know, something a little bit deeper? You know, it was both. I, it actually was an aha moment in the shower. Um, I was living in the Bahamas. My husband is actually from the Bahamas and they are 700 gorgeous islands off the coast of Florida. And there, there's not the same infrastructure that we have here in the States to sort of make all of our trash disappear. So you, you see it, you visually see all of the things that you're throwing away every day piling up. So we as a family started trying to use less plastic, you know, the, the reusable cups and water bottles and the reusable shopping bags. And one place I couldn't find a solution was all of those little plastic bottles in the shower. So I was, I was in the shower one day and this is going to, give away my age, but I was like, I don't know if you if you were around, but when Netflix originally started, they would ship you the DVD and then you'd use it and then you'd ship it back and they'd send you more. And I was like, oh, it'd be cool if you could do that with shampoo bottles. Like, why can't we, why can't we just keep reusing stuff? And so it was an aha moment. And then it was a, an evolution from there to almost two years later when we finally launched. Oh yeah, man. The, see, I never, I didn't make the connection between the Netflix style model of uh, reusability and your brand. So I'm glad that we redid this one. I don't know if we actually touched on that last time. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that came up. All right, so you have this aha moment, um, you know, and you're, you're like, all right, cool. We have this product. We have this idea of how we want to do this product. How long did it take from kind of that moment to where you know? I guess the first step is like, okay, we're gonna do this thing, um, and then until you have like you know products in hand. You know, kind of what was that whole journey like? So I think we had the idea in May 2015. We finally opened our virtual e-commerce doors February 14th, actually 2017. So not quite two years. Um, I had called my sister that May and asked her if she wanted to do it with me. And she has a totally different skill set than me. I had been in the nonprofits, I'm problem solver, management, bootstrapping, all of that. Got it. She has a design background, so she was able to, you know, make things look good, uh, pick the right products, pick a good scent. You know, I like smelled some, I'm like, smells great. She's like, no, no, that smells terrible. We're not, we're not doing that. And, and would actually spend two hours and, you know, picking out the right scent. So between the two of us, it, it worked out really well. Um, we spent over a year just calling people, emailing people, asking questions, trying to teach ourselves about this business, trying to make up something that had never been done before. Um, so yeah, it was it was a, it was a lot of learning, a lot of you know asking a question, realizing you hadn't asked the right question, calling back and asking again um, before we before we got around to launching. Absolutely. Now, how much of this uh, kind of just educational part of the journey was, you know, specific to the product or the type of industry that you're looking to break into? And how much of it was just general, like, you know what, we don't even know how to run a business? <laughs> it was both. It was definitely both. I mean, luckily, I'd run several nonprofits. So I had a, you know, a basic working understanding of, of running an organization, but I read a lot of books, listened to a lot of podcasts, you know, just trying to figure out the best way to do it. For us, um, I actually, we became a B Corp, which is um, a certification that sort of says you are balancing profit, people, and planet. 
And that was really helpful to me in setting up the infrastructure and thinking about all the things that I, I wanted to think about as we grew and sort of set some really good baselines for me. So that was that was like a little mini MBA right there, figuring that out. Now, you mentioned that you, you read a lot of books. Uh, you listened to some podcasts. Uh, is there any book or two that stands out to you that you would recommend to anyone that's looking to make this this journey? Yeah, I really liked um, Lean... I think it's called Lean Startup by Eric Ries. And it the basic idea behind it is to get, a, I think they're called a minimally viable product. So it's it's put something out into the world and then accept that you need to learn and that it's going to change. And, you know, where they say no good plan, you know, withstand, you can plan all you want, but until you have customers and until they're reacting to it, you're, you're never really going to know how it's going to figure it out. So, you know, I think we're on our third or fourth iteration of the website, the third or fourth label design, constantly evolving how we talk about the products, how we explain the process, you know, all from customer feedback. So I do think if you have an idea, if it's possible, you know, to quality, put something out quality, but, you know, get it out there and let people experience it and give you feedback is really important. Yeah. And I, I think that the, the main takeaway there is uh, people that are just waiting for the perfect time. It's got to be perfect. I think perfection uh, is a detriment to entrepreneurism because you, you can't... It'll never be perfect. You'll always be optimizing. You'll always be working on it. Um, so I guess if, if you're going to take anything away from this uh, this episode, I just want I just want you to honestly know it. It'll never be perfect. You just got to put it out there, get the feedback and improve it. Well, and you know... Everything's changing. Even if it's perfect at one moment, that doesn't mean it's going to be perfect six months from now. You know, I think that you have to be willing to constantly evolve and work on things. And maybe there's a whole new system that comes into play or a new supply chain or a new packaging or, you know, I mean, I, I think there it's always a work in progress. And so exactly what you say, I mean, there's never going to be the perfect moment, the perfect product, the perfect everything. And if it, even if there is that, that one shining thing, it's going to be different again. So you, you've got to be willing to, to listen and get feedback and, and continue to evolve, um, you know, I think, to be successful. Absolutely. So let's go back to kind of the launch of the, the business and I guess the launch of the website when you guys are... When you go perfect... Uh, not perfect. When you, you go public, per se. I don't, in, not as in, in that sense. But like when you're like, all right, let's put this thing out into the world. Um, how, how did the launch go? What was your go-to-market strategy? How were you trying to get eyes on the product? Uh, what can you share about that? So because we had so much to learn, the beauty was that, of that was that we made a lot of partnerships with, you know, kind of green beauty, zero waste bloggers. It was, it was really actually kind of before influencers was such a thing, but I think they probably were proto influencers. You know, and I was asking a lot of questions. What do you think about these ingredients? What do you think about this language? And so people were interested in what we were doing because it was super different. And so our main strategy was just that sort of networking. I mean, sending it out to people, having them try it, having them talk about it. And that was completely what we were relying on in the early days. And then word of mouth. And the nice thing about, you know, being the first one to use do reusable packaging is it gave somebody it gave us a different differentiator it gave people something to talk about people were interested in checking it out and and that continues to be true and i think you know it's such a crowded marketplace it's such a crowded internet it's really hard to break through and get people's attention so having 
something that makes you stand out or makes people go, oh, wait, those, yeah, those metal, who is that? Those metal bottles, you know, it just helps it stick a little bit more. So we, we very much used the, the inf- what, what's now called an influencer strategy. If you're struggling with scaling your sales, maybe Electric Eye can help. Our team has helped our clients generate millions of dollars in additional revenue through our unique brand scaling framework. You can learn more about our agency at electriceye.io. That's E-L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Y-E.io. Mesa is the easiest way to integrate any top e-commerce app or service with your online store. Designed exclusively for the Shopify ecosystem, yes, that includes Plus, Mesa's automated workflows can get back your time spent on repetitive tasks while growing your business all at the same time. Join other merchants that have embraced the simplicity of Mesa's no-code approach to building workflows. You can create new ways to improve customer engagement, encourage repeat purchases without lifting a finger, reduce manual data entry, and much more through a simple point-and-click interface. And with Black Friday Cyber Monday planning around the corner, now is the time to ask the question, is my online store prepared? Optimizing every step in the shopping experience is the only way to create a lifelong customer. Get Mesa and capitalize on one of the biggest commerce events of the year. Visit GetMesa.com slash honest for a 14-day free trial. That's G-E-T-M-E-S-A dot com slash H-O-N-E-S-T. Our partner Rewind can protect your Shopify store with automated backups of your most important data. Rewind should be the first app you install to protect your store against human error, misbehaving apps, or collaborators gone bad. It's like having your very own magic undo button. Trusted by over 80,000 businesses, from side hustles to the biggest online retailers like Gymshark, Gatorade, and Movement Watches. Best of all, merchants like you can get one month of automated Shopify backups for free by visiting rewind.io slash honest. That's R-E-W-I-N-D dot I-O slash H-O-N-E-S-T. Hey everybody, do you want to win back valuable lost time for your support team? Gorgeous has machine learning functionality that takes the pressure off small support teams and gives them the tools to manage a large number of inquiries at scale, especially during the holiday season. Gorgeous combines all your different communication channels like email, SMS, social media, live chat, and even phone into one platform and gives you an organized view of all of your customer inquiries. Their powerful functionality can save your support team hours per day and makes managing customer orders a breeze. They have allowed online merchants to close tickets faster than ever with the help of pre-written responses integrated with customer data to increase the overall efficiency of customer support. Their built-in automations also free up time for support agents to give better answers to complex product-related questions, providing next-level support, which helps increase sales, brand loyalty, and recognition. Eric Brandholtz, the founder of Beard Brand, says, We're a seven-figure business, and we have essentially one person on customer support and experience. It's impossible to do it without tools like Gorgeous to help us innovate. Learn how to level up your customer support by speaking to their team here. Visit gorgeous.grsm.io slash honest. That's G-O-R-G-I-A-S dot G-R-S-M dot I-O slash H-O-N-E-S-T. Businesses are the most successful when they own their own data, customer relationships, and their growth. That's why more than 50,000 e-commerce brands, big and small, trust Klaviyo to deliver their ideal customer experience. 
Klaviyo is the ultimate e-commerce marketing platform for online brands of all kinds and all sizes. With email automation, SMS marketing, list growth tools, and more, you'll get everything you need to build strong relationships that keep your customers coming back. If you're tired of relying too heavily on paid advertising or third-party marketplaces for your sales success, you're not alone. It's time to take back control of the customer experience. More and more online businesses are moving to Klaviyo to grow higher value customer relationships through personalized email and SMS marketing. And the results are staggering. Ready to drive future sales and higher customer lifetime value with a marketing platform built for your long-term growth? You should get a free trial of Klaviyo over at klaviyo.com slash honest. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash H-O-N-E-S-T. Now, uh, you said that uh, you listened to a bunch of podcasts also uh, when you were getting started. And I'm not going to ask you what those podcasts were, but I am going to ask you for... If you could go back in time and you could put this episode of the podcast on your on your player and you could listen to it, what would you want to tell yourself? Um, what would I want? To, I, I think that you know probably that perfection piece. You know, just remind myself that it, that we're just going to keep changing it. Um, persistence is so important, um, and I think probably I would encourage myself to to get help a little sooner than I did. We started to bring on people part-time contract. We actually took advantage of some really amazing women who were looking for flexible work and were able to sort of hire above and beyond because we were doing remote work again, kind of before it was pre-COVID, um, a flexible time. And so I should have, I should have done that sooner. It's, it's, it's easy to hold on to things and believe that you're the person that needs to do them. But instead, having people with different ideas and different energy really makes a difference and really makes it more sustainable in the long term. I think it's super easy to get burnout as a, as a founder, especially when you try to hold on to everything. So um, I would just encourage myself to uh, let go a little sooner. Bring in some help. Don't be, don't, don't be a martyr. Yeah, I I think that uh, like a single founder, you know, be a founder with a part timer or two, maybe an assistant. Like you can grind and grind and grind and probably get to a million dollars, but there's no way you're getting any higher than that without having like team members in place. You know, either on actual on staff, like on your team, or partnerships with like other agencies or, or contractors or freelancers or what have you. There's just so much to do at that point. Once the volume kind of hits hits that you're just you're at a glass ceiling you can you can go no further until you start getting things off your plate and you can focus on what actually matters totally i mean i think not only is there so much you can do but like you start to burn out and then you know customer service suffers your energy on social media suffers you know you start to get annoyed with with your customers which is not not what you want to do you you know you want to be grateful and excited and so it really is important and it is you know, it's important to find people that you trust and you're on the same page with, but you, you know, it's got to be bigger than you yourself. If you want it to be a real business and not a, not a cult of personality, you know, it needs to be able to extend and other people need to be able to interact in that mission and, and ethos and, and do as good or better a job than you're doing in, in specific areas. Yeah, I think that uh, again, it goes back to the perfectionism thing. It's it, you can hire people that will do a good enough job to where nobody in the world will notice the difference, except for yourself, probably. And that's the thing, something you just need to get over. Yes, 
It is true. You know, is every social media post exactly as that? No, but that's okay. Uh, you know, and other people might think it's better. So yeah, definitely it comes back to that perfection piece. I think the ego piece a little bit too, the control, you know, control, all of, all of those um, play into that. Absolutely. Um, so nowadays, uh, you guys are, are doing fantastic. Uh, you're currently on WooCommerce, which is something that not a lot of our, our listeners are. Well, not a lot of our uh, guests are on that. A lot, you know, obviously, I'm all about Shopify. Um, you know, is there any reason why you're on that platform? What was it doing for you that you know other ones uh, could or could not do for you? It's just I'm just curious about it, and I get I know some of the listeners would be as well. Yeah, you know, we we got started. We started building the website in. 2016. Um, so I, I was actually familiar with WooCommerce from nonprofit work and the developer that we started working with, a friend of a friend also was familiar with that. So it was an area that I was comfortable. And because we were doing something a little bit different, this reuse piece, we don't send a pump every time, we send a return label when you need one. Being on WooCommerce gave us a little bit more flexibility to experiment with how we wanted to set up the shop, where we wanted to put those things. And, you know, I, I haven't used Shopify, but my understanding is that it's a great, you know, package in a box. If you need to set up a website and sell stuff, like it explodes out, you fill it in and you're selling stuff, which is, which is great, especially if you're doing something standard. But for us, because we're constantly sort of, of tweaking that standard and, and figuring out ways to do it a little bit differently, I think WooCommerce has given us some, some flexibility to do that, which has really worked for us thus far. Absolutely. And uh, not to sell you on anything, but I, I promise we could do whatever you're doing on Shopify, but this isn't a sales oh. conversation. I, uh, back, when you, back when you got started, though, I, I, in 2016, that's probably when we started working with uh, Shopify as well. Uh, some of the things that you're saying are were a bigger challenge back then that have kind of been solved for now. Um, but I, you know, the one thing I want to highlight here is that Shopify, WooCommerce, Magento. Even though I don't like Magento at all, doesn't matter what tool you use. It's more about you know having product market fit, and that's what's going to help your business actually be successful. It doesn't matter what color your hammer is; it can drive home the nail if that's like what it needs to do. Yeah. I, again, I think it's important. You know, it needs to work. And if you can't make it work, you need to switch. But it's it's probably not you know super critical to get get hung up on, as you're saying. You know, you can, all of these little pieces can easily distract you or be a reason why you don't launch or you don't get something out there. And you know, I think that is a that is a mistake. I will say, you know, once you get a little further down the line, it becomes harder to switch. I mean, certainly, I, I have been keeping my eye on Shopify. Oh yeah. And you know, there's some cool stuff going on. The shop pay thing is is pretty snazzy, um, but it, once you get down to a certain point, you know there are there are some things that make it a little bit harder to to change horses. Oh yeah, the uh, the switching cost. It's like not only just like the cost of the actual technology, but the like the lift that goes into migrating your whole tech stack over to another technology is not an easy business decision to make, especially the further along you get because it affects multiple roles, multiple people, multiple partnerships. Like quick example would be, you know, you'd have to take a look at email, you'd have to take a look at fulfillment, you'd have to take a look at inventory management, like all those things are wild cards that could make it, you know, take a week to switch or six months, you know what I mean? Because and it's just that's just a part of growing a business, all these systems start to play together. And then it gets yeah. You know, sometimes and, you get stuck. You know, and you're trying to run a business. 
So, I mean, all of that comes in addition to. So it is, you know, I mean, I think it is for sure worth spending a lot of time as you're getting started trying to think out as much as you can where you're headed and what you want to do and making sure that, that you've got a good fit early on. And if you don't, do something about it sooner than later, for sure. So nowadays, you guys are, are, are still crushing it on WooCommerce. What, is, what has changed now? Um, are you guys still doing this quote-unquote influencer thing? Or, or what's, what is you know, the biggest lever that you're pulling to drive new business or repeat business uh, within, within what you're doing these days? Um, for sure. I'm super happy that we set up a subscription process. Um, that has been a really big win for us as far as recurring revenue that doesn't cost that much to just keep it going. And, you know, the, just a, just in the background, a nice line that's just kind of going up and to the right. Yeah. We do continue to work with influencers, although I will say that there are a ton more out there. We've tried to be careful about making sure that they're the right fit for us. There are a lot of, let's say, beauty influencers and if we give them our product, they don't talk much about sustainability or, or you know, not having chemicals in your product or, or whatever. You know, our product kind of just, you know, people are talking about what great pants they're wearing. You know, it just doesn't it doesn't land. Whereas if yeah. if they're already having those conversations with their audience, then people are excited and we get a great return. So I think, you know, you just have to the influencer piece can be great, but you just have to be really thoughtful about who you partner with, you know, are they having conversations that relate to your brand or, or are, are they a receptive audience? Um, so, you know, I, I think we, we get hit up all the time from people looking for stuff. And so we're just doing, trying to do a better job of doing our homework and making sure that we're, we're working with the right people. Absolutely. I uh, got to make sure that the, the messaging uh, and the product, it all kind of fits what you're trying to get across there, uh, you know, I, I see that a lot. Uh, this might be a little bit of a different take on it, but like oftentimes people will like have a really good Facebook ad and then they'll send them to like a landing page that speaks nothing to the offer in the ad. <laughs> and like if the marketing, if the message is off between those two things, it just feels like it was broken. And then I just bounce as a, as a potential customer because it doesn't make any sense to me. So, you know, if you could take that to instead of being an ad, it being an influencer. And the message of that campaign is completely different than the offer of the product. You know, if there's a mismatch there, it's not going to be a successful campaign. Yeah, I think that's a that's a great point. And I would also just say that it's easy to get starstruck by somebody who has you know thirty million followers or three, you know. But it doesn't matter if your if your message doesn't land. You know, you'll do much better with somebody who's got twenty thousand followers but is a good fit than even if somebody has thirty million followers. So you know. Keeping those numbers in mind, it's much more about the fit and the engagement and, and the reception than... Yeah, that it, you can even double down on that so much. It's just like uh, how... Even like with the email list, I think uh, how many email subscribers you have is such a vanity metric at times. It's like, well, are people actually opening your emails? Are people clicking through on your emails? <laughs> uh, like That's like way more important than the other stuff. And it's like... Uh, you start talking in the, like the B two B world. I know people with you know smaller podcasts or smaller like email lists, but they're charging larger numbers for advertisements because everyone on that list is exactly the demographic that that service provider is looking to get in front of. So you know, again, it just goes back to making sure that the audience that you're trying to put this offer in front of is the right audience. Yeah, and I would encourage people. I mean, like 
purge your email list. Make, you know, send out the email occasionally that says, hey, if you don't respond to this, we're happy to let you go because there's no sense in paying the company that's, you know, sending your emails to send it to 10,000 people that are never going to open it. You know, he's like, well, we're going to lose. I was like, let's lose 10,000. That's okay. They weren't opening it anyway. I don't need to pay for them. Um, so I, I, I think to your point of it being a vanity metric, um, Certainly, it is better to have a smaller number of engaged people than uh, a huge number that you can kind of be like, yeah, look at us, but nobody's opening it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, Lindsay, I can't thank you enough for coming back on here uh, for a a nice little redo. (laughs) Um, But is there anything I forgot to ask you today that we talked about last time or just anything that you'd like to leave with the audience today? Um, No. I mean, I think you know the only thing I guess I would say is... If you're starting a business, having some sort of passion around some piece of it really helps. I mean, there are going to be bad days, hard days, tough times, frustrating days. And so for me, you know, feeling like I'm hopefully reducing a little bit of waste in the planet, putting something good, some education awareness out there makes a huge difference. So it, it, it doesn't have to be that, but I would just really encourage people to to make sure that they have some sort of, of connection to whatever it is, because you are going to be spending a lot of time doing it and talking about it and thinking about it. And so it just helps if it's not just a, a random whatever. Yeah, it's it, it's not a job at that point. It's more of a passion. And it's something Lifestyle. that you can... Because there are going to be a lot of... Yeah, there's going to be a lot of good days, but there's going to be also the same amount of bad days. So uh, making sure you're passionate about it will make you want to go to work, I guess. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it, well, you know, that's the thing. It's your company. So you don't go to work. It's like, are you going to get up and work on it or not? Um, and it, it helps if you want to. Because, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're the one driving it and you're the one driving all the people that you bring on. And so, you know, if you're not sending the emails and making the calls, they're not happening. Absolutely. Now, if people are curious about the product, where should they go to check it out? Yes, uh, plain with an E. So my sister and I shared the maiden name of Della Plain. So it's P-L-A-I-N-E products.com. And you can find us on, on all the social spots in at Plain Products as well. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks, Chase. It was fun. All right. I can't thank our guests enough for coming on the show and sharing their knowledge and journey with us. We've got a lot to think about and potentially add into our own business. You can find all the links in the show notes. Make sure you head over to honestecommerce.co to check out all of the other amazing content that we have. Make sure you subscribe, leave a review. And obviously, if you're thinking about growing your business, check out our agency at electriceye.io. Until next time.